0: Just keep your eyes on me I said, you're holding back She said, shut up and let it dance with me This woman is my destiny She said, ooh, ooh, ooh Shut me This morning with Stacey Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chat is brought to you by Abe's Door Service Where service is their specialty Visit abesdoor.ca tonight, help us do. All right, New Year's Eve coming up in just a few days, and it's looking beautiful. And if you're getting together with friends, whether it's indoor or outdoor, you got to go with what what people do. This is tradition that you have some sort of bubbly cocktail, if you will, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. But how do you choose? So um, in in terms of alcohol options, there's champagne, obviously, but that's really specific and really expensive. Um, There's cava, there's cremante, there's prosecco. I don't even know the difference, but there's big differences in terms of taste and in price and in method. Gita now joins us from Vine Arts and she's going to lift the curtain for us And give us a little bit of an education on sparkling wine 101. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here.
0: Why is sparkling wine so celebratory?
1: You know, it really started um, with the monks at Dom Perignon. They would use sparkling wine whenever there was a coronation, you know, someone's birthday, or to sign a treaty. So it was really starting to be associated with. Big events, and and it just kind of continued on. Like whenever there's a big event, you think you need to have bubbles, um, and then of course, what's the biggest event of the year? It's the start of a of a new year, so what's more celebratory than that? Hearing that pop of champagne going off and you know champagne is the benchmark if you're going to celebrate if you're you want the best quality sparkling wine champagne really is that benchmark but champagne is only about thirteen percent of production of sparkling wine um, in the whole world Um, so there's so many more options to choose from that are a lot more affordable than champagne but can still have again that quality uh, level that you have with champagne as well and you know when we think of champagne, we think of beautiful bubbles, effervescence. It's all very magical and romantic, um, but maybe you don't want to spend a hundred dollars on a bottle for New Year for New Year's Eve. Um, you can leave the town of Champagne and go anywhere in France,
0: and this is where you And get that's Cremant. why it's so expensive, right? It's because it's so controlled. It and is. It is if, if, if if a grape is grown out of this, if it's grown across the street from this this wine district called Champagne, it can't be called Champagne. No, it cannot. So where you can get really
1: amazing value and you still want to stay with France is look for Cremont. Cremont. Okay. Yeah. So Cremont is sparkling wine produced outside of Champagne. And so you can have Cremant from Burgundy, from the Loire, from Alsace, from the Jura, from Bordeaux. Um, they're produced in the same method as champagne, which is where second fermentation takes place in the bottle. And what's important about that is when second fermentation takes place in the bottle, this is where you get the creamy mousse. So you'll often hear wine people talk about yeah, a creamy mousse. It's the bubbles are really fine and delicate. They're not aggressive. And when we talk about aggressive mousse, think of like your soda. Stream or think of a can mm-hmm. of pop that's forced carbonation. You get bubbles, but that, you know, when you take a sip, it's really harsh. Did
0: you get it up your nose? Exactly. Yeah.
1: And whereas, you know, when second fermentation takes place in the bottle, the bubbles just dissolve back into the wine, and that's where you get that beautiful, just like mousse on the palate. So, Cremant, obviously, Champagne, and then Cava, which is from Spain also produced in the traditional method, but you'll find cava. You can find cava for $15, $20 a bottle. And is it good? And there are not good cava, and then there are some really <laughs> good cava. So you do have to be careful with that. There are, There's a lot of plonk out there, um, but you know, when you're looking at cava, look for producers that produce organically and biodynamically they tend to have a little bit more depth of flavor and look for vintages as well so you'll often notice with a lot of sparkling wine you won't see a vintage on the bottle so uh, what does that mean vintage is so does it vintage say the words is, vintage or does it have a, is it is that a date has the, the date yeah the year in which the grapes were picked okay so you'll often find with sparkling wine um you know you want a consistency of style you know somebody buys a bottle of bubble one year and they buy the next year they kind of they want to know Mm -hmm. that it's going to taste the same so when you have a non-vintage bubbly they hold back um, reserve wine and that they blend it back in year after year after year to maintain that consistency. But when you see a bottle that has a vintage date on it, it has the year where all the grapes are picked from that specific year, you, can, you get to see the depth and flavor from that year. So if you get a vintage Cava, you'll see the date on it. Um, the one that I brought in for you guys to try today is 2016 vintage. So we've already got seven years of age on it um, and it's 23 bucks and it's awesome and it's organic and biodynamic and it's a third of the price of a bottle of champagne. I love that. All right. So look for vintage because usually the, the vintage means it's expensive. Yes. With champagne, vintage, you know, um, you only produce a vintage champagne in the best years. Yeah. And not every year. And not every year. And then and with vintage champagnes, you tend to need to hold on to them for like... Ten years before, so, it, so champagne can age. Oh yes, champagne can age for. So
0: just champagne, or can cava and prosecco and those sort of things are just champagne? You can always find
1: the best producers in all those regions will be able to age. But typically, cava you want to drink that right okay. away, um, and same with you know Cremant's proseccos. You typically those are wine, you know sparkling wines that, for the most part, you want to drink right away. Vintage champagne you want to hold on to that
0: for at least 10 years if you, if oh, you can. Oh, wow. well, yes. okay, all right. Uh, one thing we haven't touched on is Prosecco. It's completely different than yeah. all of the, the three we just mentioned. So
1: Prosecco, um, second fermentation does not take place in the bottle. So you'll notice with Prosecco, the, the bubbles can be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and you'll notice Prosecco tends to be quite fruity and floral as well. Um, so Proseccos can range from being a little bit sweet. So if you're someone that does like more of those peachy, floral, pear, grapey notes, prosecco's great for that. Um, if you're looking for something to mix with your orange juice for uh. know, mimosas, <laughs> I would use a Prosecco because, again, you kind of have... And when you're adding orange juice, which doesn't have bubbles, Prosecco's got a little bit more, like I said, a little bit more of those, like, um, aggressive bubbles versus, um, you know, a cava or champagne or Cremant. It doesn't, uh, you know, dilute the bubbles as much as well. But Prosecco's, again, Prosecco's are great because you can buy a case of Prosecco for the price of one bottle of <laughs> champagne sometimes. Um, and, if, yeah, and if you like that, sometimes people do find champagne can be a little bit very you know, citrusy and tart proseccos have that kind of slight little, you know, much more floral, sweeter tones to it. Um, that is not as harsh in a sense. Yeah.
0: So, this is this is the, the hardest hitting question of the day. Yeah. When you're making a mimosa, do you pour the orange juice first or the prosecco first in the glass?
1: I pour orange juice first and then the whatever bubble bubbly, you use yeah. prosecco or i actually quite like cava because it isn't as sweet so then you have already got the sweetness from orange shoes but i i don't know if it's a, if it's scientific or not but i feel like if you pour the bubbles second it stays bubblier that's my okay. well, you're the expert. my scientific expertise Before
0: we take a break, because I've got so many things to talk about, um, if, if it's not included in any of the things that we've talked about, Prosecco it has to be from Italy, Cava has to be from Spain, Spain and Cremant, and, um, and Champagne have to be from uh, France. Everything else is just called sparkling wine. And there's yeah. a lot of Canadian producers as well.
1: Yeah, lots of Canadian producers, lots of American producers. Actually, what's really cool is um, a lot of Champagne houses have um, sparkling wine houses in other parts of the world. So in California, they're also looking at England as well as an area for producing uh, really cool sparkling wine. Tasmania in Australia produces sparkling wine. So every region in the world can produce sparkling wine, but you can only call it champagne if it comes from champagne.
0: All right. You mentioned earlier um, there's lots of plunk out there, and I want to... Uh, hear from you coming up after the break how to avoid the plonk and, and what to look for in terms of the good stuff because, you know, you, you can give me uh, brand names or something, but that's not available in Valley View or, you know, Westlock or, or, or perhaps uh, the Sherwood Park um, place that you go into, the, the liquor store. So we want to know how to identify it. We want to know how to open up a bottle of bubbly and also what to serve it in. And we're going to ask those questions in two minutes. With Stacy Bratzel and Daryl McIntyre on 630 Chad, presented by Abe's Door Service with 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Talking bubbly, can we do bubbly on a budget, and how do we find a, a good one? Uh, how, what do we look for in whatever liquor store you're going into? We have Cheetah now, general manager of Vine Arts on 124th Street here in Edmonton. And how do we avoid the plunk? Do we just go? Do we do we go by price, or, or you know, it is overwhelming if you don't know what you're looking for, or you don't see what you usually go for. Mm-hmm. How do we pick a bottle out?
1: Honestly talk to the people that work there because we're the ones tasting things all the time and price isn't price can be an indicator but it isn't always so just assuming that the cheapest bottle isn't going to be good isn't always the best practice because sometimes you know the kind of the reason like what I do is I look for great deals and Mm -hmm. I look for um, things that are really good value that are going to taste good so price isn't always the best indication It really is just talk to the people that work there because those of us that work in the liquor store aren't doing it for the money and we're doing it because we love (laughs) booze. And we love what we're doing and the discounted booze, so we're Constantly tasting. Um, and again, like, you know, Prosecco is going to be great value. Cava is going to be great value. Cremants, we've talked about, are going to be great value. So just kind of understanding those types of wines and looking for those, you know, those labels definitely help. But really, it is talk to the people that drink this stuff every day. That's what we're here what for. What about the
0: Vivino app? Do you Vivino, Use that ever? You know, There's an I app on your phone. It. It's called Vivino, yeah. and you you can scan the the label, and it yeah. gives you a rating. But it it's does, it's yeah, obviously it's a rating people of like it's rating, consumers, yeah. which is
1: you know it is in a sense like it's it could be skewed too. It could be skewed, but it also it is you know it's uh, consensus. Like if something is rated four out of five stars, it usually means that majority of people thought it was pretty good, and it is the average consumer that's that's hasting it. So in that sense, you know, it is like just, you know, people like you and me rating on these. And um, so it's you're probably, yeah, it's a good indicator, at least a good indication. I mean, if you see someone, something's got one or two stars, it's like, oh, probably wasn't. <laughs> not Why, so great. Not
0: so great. <laughs> not for so great. Yeah. Oh, It was in a box, so that should be your first, <laughs> your first <laughs> right. giveaway. All right. We're going to open up a bottle. And so we see people open up <laughs> bottles with swords. I don't know if you've ever done that. Yes, I've, the sabering. It, yeah, I, that's I, fun. A friend did that once and she cut her hand, so that So maybe don't do that. Um, uh, We've seen, obviously, in locker rooms where Mm -hmm. you shake it first. uh, That's not what we're doing today. No, we're not going to shake
1: it. Because the whole point is, you know, the sabering of it, you do lose some bubbles. The shaking, you're going to lose it. Why would you want to lose any drop of deliciousness? So, I mean, this might be a little anticlimactic because as we were talking If you open
0: a bottle of sparkling wine correctly, you really shouldn't actually hear it. No, I heard that it's supposed to sound like a nun in mass passing gas. Kind of, it (laughs)
1: does. So we'll see that. So, um, really important, there is a lot of pressure in a bottle of. Of bubbles. Um, so, you always want to make sure that you have your thumb on the cork. Ideally, you're also facing it away from other people just in case you lose control. And you don't want to twist the cork. You want to just slowly twist the bottle, and the cork will start to loosen once you start to hear. It. Yeah, so start to loosen. And you just slowly keep turning the bottle, keep turning it, and then eventually. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: That happens every time. It happens every time. That was a nicer
1: pop than I thought we were going to get, and we didn't lose any.
0: We didn't. No, it's not pouring out.
1: Any of the. So that was louder than you wanted. You know, that was pretty good. It was was usually, you know, as long as the real uh, thing is like making sure that you don't lose any bubbles, then we didn't lose any. And you can still see now, you can see the stream of bubbles coming out. You've released it,
0: um, and then now. We just pour it. Okay, what are we pouring them into? So, you've got a couple of uh, glasses. So, I've heard flutes are great, but then I heard these, what are are the other ones that that look like goblets? They're
1: little coupes. Yeah. So, the champagne flute is obviously the, you know, the elongated um, glass. The reason for the flute is, you know, the whole point of bubbles is to see the bubbles. And the champagne flute, you'll get to see that beautiful steady stream of bubbles and the flute maintains the bubbles the longest. Um, So, yeah, if you're drinking throughout the night you want to keep those bubbles in there and now you've probably seen the coops come back into style totally I'm seeing them everywhere you do see them everywhere cocktail bars or like use them for cocktails um, and for bubbles they are the worst kind Whoa. of glass to use if you want to maintain your bubbles um, because obviously it's carbon dioxide uh, once you pour the bubbles into you know you've opened your glass or your bottle you've poured it you're exposing the the bubbles to oxygen the, o- the bubbles are going to dissipate and dissolve in the air so coops have the greatest you know surface area to oxygen exposure you're gonna lose your bubbles mm. the fastest however that being said c- they're so pretty they're they are so pretty. cute
0: so just chug it just, you know,
1: saying. the whole point of Bubbles is that it's to have fun and to celebrate. It's your party coop no if judgments. you want to. Like, I, it's, there's, like, I think there's also a psychological thing about drinking champagne in, in, in a coop. It's you just feel fancy and totally fun. And you just, and it's, in a sense, more enjoyable in that way. So, yeah,
0: like, if you've got coops, use them because they're fun. We've run out of time, but yeah. I wa- do want to talk about non-alcoholic options. Yes it's not just that really sweet stuff anymore the no, sweet juice no
1: you know what the non-alcoholic section has really grown i i've uh, and it's you're getting a lot of really amazing stuff out on the market now um the quality's gotten better so look for their you know we there's a producer that we bring in called Prima Pave that i've just been like really impressed with cuz it actually does taste like Prosecco, hmm. and it's still super bubbly, and it's not sweet. Um, there are a lot of non-alcoholic sparkling wines out there to kind of make up for the alcohol not being there, because alcohol does provide body. They'll add, a, they'll add some, you know, sugar grape juice to kind of. Fulfill that mouthfeel. But, you know, again, talk to the people that work in there because there are really good quality sparkling, non alcoholic sparkling options out there. Benjamin Bridge out of um, Nova Scotia makes some great some um, non alcoholic sparklings. Said the Prima Pave um, really does taste a lot like. Um, Prosecco, and it has like the beautiful bubbles to it. Um, Oddbird is a great little one too. If you do like a little bit of sweetness, the Oddbird um, bubbles do have um, some sweetness um, to them. But there's
0: options out there, right? But there's lots of options out there. Thanks, Cheetah. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Cheetah now, General Manager Vine Arts, 124th Street and what's across Street? 109th Ave. 109th Avenue. You can check that out and you can get some non-alcoholic options and alcoholic bubblies as well.